Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. And at this point, we have no support from the, the local leadership there. Uh, and we're not, we're not taking it any longer. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Live from Studio C. Si, senor. You know what it is? Dimly lit room. Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And it's on Little Friday that we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Ted Wheeler. Mayor of Portlandia. And why is he our general manager today? Well, number one, the violence and chaos in Portland, which he's pretending isn't happening. And also, he went out to the ramparts last night, Jack, in the middle of the night. Expressed his unity with the protesters. uh, Then got scared by them. Then coughed a little bit with tear gas and uh, took some pictures coughing and then went home. After telling the protesters he was with them all night. All right. And then I saw the uh, mayor of Oakland got her house spray painted by people demanding various things. Oh, they were out there for like 45 minutes shooting off fireworks and screaming, waking up the whole neighborhood. Yeah, that's an ugly situation. And uh, it's truly ironic. The uh, anarchist mobs that she's been encouraging have now turned on her and she's boo-hooing like crazy. Um, Texas sets a single day record for virus deaths. I'm looking at the headlines up there. Um, I just listened to a long interview with Dr. Burks from yesterday about the virus. I feel like I came away from it more confused than I was before I started it, which I, I would assume was not their intent, but that happens a lot. Yeah. With these updates. Um, I have more questions at the end than I had at the beginning. So, well, I have answers. I have many answers. I have achieved clarity. Have you? Yeah. We're just in time. Can you sum it up in like one sentence? We're all uh, screwed or something uh, like that? No, the virus is going to spread far and wide. Virtually everybody is going to get it, and most people are going to be fine. Some people will not be. The median age of those who have died in the United States, the median age now, 78 years old. Wow. So we meet, we need to wow. work diligently to develop whatever systems are necessary to protect uh, our our older folks, particularly in nursing homes, long care, long term care facilities, uh, just under half of deaths have been at nursing homes and long term care facilities. Which is amazing worldwide. That's the case. It's, it's it's absolutely terrible. I mean, it's a tragedy. But you have to understand what sort of crisis you're dealing with, and this is in large measure a crisis for uh, our our older Americans. But, for instance, I'm looking at uh, your cable news channels put up in the corner of the screen, the, uh, the the total cases in the country, and then they do worldwide and everything like that. And they mm-hmm. just, they, they've had that up now for, what, five, six months. And the United States is at the top, which is just a, a sign of our failure. Well, first of all, we're the third biggest country, so I would expect us, I mean, if everything worked out normally, we'd have the third most cases. Mm-hmm. Um, the countries that are right behind us, uh, Brazil, that's amazing that a country that much smaller than a lot of countries out there is in second place. But then you have India. They don't have any idea how many cases they have in India. No, no. They have no idea. No. I mean, if if I regularly hear that probably somewhere between 10 and 40 times as many cases is what we're showing because we haven't tested enough people. What's it like in freaking rural <laughs> India? 
where they got over a billion people. Right. I mean, so, it's not even a wild guess. No, so that number is useless in the third spot. Then in the fourth spot, Russia, another completely useless number, as Putin isn't going to allow any information out. That, that would be troubling to him. Yeah, right. Yeah. By the way, China doesn't even make the list because they've done such a good job of containing the virus. They're not being, one, I'm sure they don't know, and two, they're not being even close to honest on that. So what's the point of those statistics that, that <laughs> cover up a quarter of the screen on the TV? And are harped upon daily by our news talking heads. Right. That's I useless mean, and ridiculous. I think, you know, argue back against me if you'd like on the text line, 415-295-KFTC. I think I pretty simply and quickly um, uh, put to rest the point of having that on there at all. And every cable news channel has that 24-7. Mm-hmm. It's completely useless information. Well, so, and if it's misleading, it's worse than useless. All right, they're trying to make a point with it, but right. but how are we how are we this far into this thing? And we're still we're still dealing with <clears throat> crap information. Boy, and I saw Doctor Burks get asked the question, and and to my mind, it was mostly a word salad answer. Uh, Brett Baer on Fox said, uh, "Hasn't this been a failure? Our testing in this country at this point." Uh, and then she explained in a long rambling way how it has not been a failure, but uh, you know. How how could you judge it as anything but a failure? And I have no idea who you lay that at the feet of, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of layers. And uh, Scott Gottlieb wrote a long piece for the Wall Street Journal the other day about the CDC versus the FDA and the various levels of things and how they, they're not talking to each other in the proper ways, blah, blah, blah. It's very complicated. Federal government's huge, but there's no way... The only the only federal official that could get my attention is somebody who steps forward and said, oh, yeah, the testing thing has been a failure. Because if you say anything else, I know you're lying to me. Yeah. I mean, if you want to explain why it's a failure and how it's not your fault, I'm willing to listen. But you have to acknowledge that the promised ramping up of testing has been, at best, wildly inconsistent. Although, as I understand it, at least the old folks' homes now have plenty of tests. Although I haven't personally witnessed that myself, so I'm I'm taking the word of those I've heard. Yeah, that's just... which is a bad way to be these days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Quite amazing. Anyway. You need to personally verify absolutely everything you hear. Yeah, you need to go to the hospital and talk to the administrators yourself. Yes, exactly. Or the or the nurses on the front line. If you hear wheat prices have declined in Bulgaria, I suggest you get on a plane and fly to Bulgaria because <laughs> it might be made up. Talk to a wheat farmer right, because exactly. until you do, you hey, what no... are you getting per bushel? Uh, no English? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, this trip was useless. Um, I know my town, USA, which uh, their rules have gone back and forth like everywhere else in the country. I was downtown yesterday, and I swear to God, three days ago it wasn't like this, but all kinds of uh, infrastructure had been built out on the street and the sidewalk to accommodate the whole you-can-do-it-outside movement that's very popular right now. Well, that's the American spirit right there. Yeah, yeah, it is. Adapting and overcoming. It had popped up in just a couple of days. I mean, everything from just pop-up tents to full-on wooden, like, you're, you're getting close to, now this is inside again. But it's out, but it's... <laughs> It's away from the building, but um, you know whatever. As long as it, I understand the uh, why they're doing it, I'd do the same thing. But I was amazed how quickly that uh, I saw people getting their hair cut out on the street, mm-hmm. um, uh, people eating out in these uh, like thrown together lumber lean to things that, that that count as being outside. Something. Outdoor Brazilian waxing, all sorts of services being done <laughs> right there in the parking lot. It's really amazing. Rip.
Anyway, lots to talk about, and my home almost burning down last night, which was uh, one of the more exciting things that has ever happened in my life. Uh, I think we buried the lead here. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We had a grass fire happen at our place uh, with dry, windy conditions, and it was full-on uh, horror. Just horror. I mean, it wow. was it was, it was was freaking awful. Wow. Any idea what started it? Not the slightest idea. Yeah. But as the fire department told me, and we had 10 trucks at our house, um, That's as exciting. The, as Your boys the, will never forget that. Well, huh? m- mom drove through a wall of flame and smoke Holy in the SUV crap. to get out the only gate that would get us out of there. Oh. And they were screaming and yelling, and I was behind, and they thought I was going to die, and it was, a, it was a horrifying situation. Yikes. Um, but anyway, uh, 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 what was I going to say? So that's exactly what y'all needed was a little stress. Yeah, I told, my, I told my wife later, I said, we, re- we really didn't need this. You know, nobody does, but hmm. um, um, what was I going to say about that? She's in the wrong uh, wall of smoke. Wall of smoke flame. before that. I don't know. I'll tell oh, the, fire, uh, ten for the firefighters told you something. Oh, yeah. They said it takes so little with the, the dry grass. They said we had uh, another one uh, further down the road that was just in a field where there are no structures around, but um, it it was just uh, somebody pulling a trailer and something, some metal piece drug on the road and caused a spark, and that's oh. all it took. Wow. Just practically anything can start it. Sure, bluey. I have a new respect for how fast a fire can spread. It's just freaking unbelievable. Yeah, I'll bet. Um, anyway, I'll talk about that later. Is there something? And and uh, I don't know what I'm going to do for the volunteer fire department that put that thing out. Uh, I don't know if I send them a, uh, a fruit bouquet or... Meat of the month club. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But One of those uh, cookie bouquets is always appreciated. I had my kids go out and thank them, and uh, just, I don't I don't know. I don't know what to do, because if, without them, if they, the guy agreed with me, the fire chief, 10 minutes later, and we'd lost it all. It had all been gone. Wow. I mean, it was, it was so close. So wow, close. Wow, and they managed to subdue it, huh? Yeah. I was standing out there with a hose, <laughs> uh, and, and, and. Covered in smoke and hot, and my shoes got melted, and I got lost one time and couldn't find my way out of the smoke and couldn't breathe. And I thought, Whoa. okay, this is it. Wow, it was it was freaking crazy. Anyway, I'll talk about that later. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad quickly. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing well. Um, I love it when this these type of good news stories. Bull, bull. Remember that. Do you know who Manute Bull was? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Seven-foot-ten well, NBA player from Africa. He has a seven-foot-two son who made his debut last night for the Denver Nuggets. And he was picked in the second round, like the 42nd, 44th pick. Yeah. And uh, he scored 16 points, 10 rebounds, and six blocks. They showed video of him. He's dribbling the ball like a point guard. He pulls up. As a seven-foot-two guy. Yes, he's hitting three-pointers. He's doing oh, it all. Wow. Oh, man, the new breed of NBA player. And his it's first just... name is Bull? Yeah, Bull Bull. Bull Bull? What do they call him, John? Bull Deuce? Do, do, the, bull, the Deuce Bull? Bull squared? <laughs> he's simply Bull Bull. People love him. <laughs> That's a good name, Bull yeah. Bull. That's very cool. I'll a lot of speculation that, that if he has a son, is it, do they just add another? Is it just Bull Bull Bull? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. I would like to uh, take a moment to <laughs> discuss the trouble with half measures. Um, and th- this has to do with uh, Disney reopening. And there's part of me that I admire the, the human condition that leads to these sort of things. But uh, so they, they reopen. Master required for people to go to Disney World. Uh, but they had a, they sell food there. So, okay, but the masks are required unless you're eating or drinking. All right? No right. problem. Mm-hmm. But people said, ha ha, point to their head. I'm a big brain. I know what I'll do. I'll just walk around with the churro all day. Right. And I never have to have my mask on because I'm always eating. What to do, what to do. So now Disney World has said there's no eating 
while walking. There you go. <laughs> you must stay go. seated yes. to eat, and then once you're done, you you may go on the the teacups and the uh, the space mountains and such. I saw a lot of that in the airport where people walking kind of with a cup of water, just so they they had their mask down the whole time. Well, I see you walking down the street with a churl in your hand. I'm slapping it right out of your hand. <laughs> Don't mess with the mouse. Yeah, we got more on that coming up later, too. Uh, hey, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is How Did It Get to Be Thursday, July 23rd, the year 2020. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin now. Officially, according to FCC rules and regs, at Mark. Fast food chain KFC has announced that it will work with a Russian 3D bioprinting lab to create the so-called meat of the future, while Arby's announced that they're going to stick with the meat of the past. Relax, it's only a few days old. Yeah, no, maybe I'll go with the uh, new air. Oh, I hit the wrong What? Uh, I don't like the beating up on Arby's. I'm an yeah, Arby's what, fan. What? 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 That, was, that failed on every level. What is it with Northeasterners uh, comedians and not liking Arby's? Arby's yeah, I love a, Arby's. Arby's is a fine sandwich. It is a fine meaty sandwich. I'll eat one today. Can just I, in response. Can to I that. let you guys in on a secret? Sure. I agree with your take on it, but you guys caping up for Arby's <laughs> is one of my favorite things that happens. So anytime there's a joke Arby's. against Arby's, I will play it <laughs> Good because I like hearing lean, you guys discuss. sliced meat, <laughs> exactly. the freshest of cheeses, a variety of rolls. It's a fine place to eat. <laughs> How's mailbag and whatnot look? Oh, it's outstanding. It's it's got to be tamed. It's 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 a monster. At this it's point. the whatnot that we really got nailed down. It's so good. Uh, our text line four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So it's Thursday, which means another weekly report on jobless claims, and they ticked up for the first time in four months, which is not good news. Some of the explanations from the Wall Street Journal coming up. Yeah. Yeah, not great, but you knew that, right? Things are trending in a funky direction. Doom scrolling. How do you get away from it? You're going to have to skip the front page of your newspaper or the first 10 minutes of whatever newscast you're watching. Hell, the first 29 minutes of the 30. Then they bring you a story about, I don't know, some dog who donated his kidney to another dog. And everybody, oh. Dogs, and then, dogs do that? Then the next show starts and you got more doom for 29 minutes. <laughs> Mailbag. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh, boy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Where is it? Ah, here it is, our freedom-loving quote of the day from Thomas Sowell. One of the painful signs of years of dumbed-down education is how many people are unable to make a coherent argument. They can vent their emotions, question other people's motives, make bold assertions, repeat slogans, anything except reason. Hmm. I agree. yada da da Here's a nice note uh, from uh, Katie and Lodi. Um... That's funny, Having the first time I read this, I didn't realize it was from a woman. That makes it even more charming to me. But I was laughing out loud, literally, when you were talking about the sweet spot in your golf game in regards to alcohol. I have the same sweet spot when it comes to bowling. One to two drinks, I'm the natural. Three or more, and I'm back at the counter asking for the bumpers. Uh, thanks for being the voice of sanity in these crazy times. It's amazing how often I am aggressively nodding along to a point you are making that I can't utter aloud because I am a libertarian slash conservative in Cal Unicornia. Keep up the great show. Uh, Katie and Lodi, you might be interested to know uh, there is a new poll out. Uh, the Cato Institute uh, did a survey, um, and 
the percentage of Americans who are afraid to say what they think for fear of retribution, and not like people saying you're wrong, but losing their jobs or, or what have you, um, is horrifically high. So if you'd like to be horrified, stay tuned. Uh, let's see. I'm surprised they haven't come up with some sort of <clears throat> constant two-beer buzz pill. Since, one, people like that feeling, and two, you're better at, uh, at almost anything physical, which to me would probably mean that you're better at mental things, too. You you, you, you shave off that layer of doubt and well, yeah, self-questioning. Uh, yes. Depending on your personality type, sure. I remember uh, quite distinctly and with great amusement when we did the whole uh, highway patrol drunk driving thing where we uh, drove the obstacle course and then took a drink and then drove it, took another drink until we were just hammered. Um, I uh, I did the initial two drinks and got markedly better at the course. I mean, I was just flying around it perfectly. Just drifting around the corner, e-brake, oh, slide brakes. <laughs> Exactly. He was like Luke Duke. Exactly. Uh, let's see. We could, we're almost done. What happened? Where's the time gone? We have three and a half more hours. <clears throat> Catherine <laughs> is talking about uh, finding good, solid news that's not wildly ideological. And, and she says she found the newsy channel on her Roku. Sounds like she's making up words, though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I listen. I actually listen to Newzo on my uh, boogity bib. Uh, quit making stuff up, Catherine. No, but thanks. <laughs> Thank you for the tip. Some of the latest headlines next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, in a presidential contest... <laughs> The two leading candidates, one of them called the other one a racist. I'll let you guess which one's which. <laughs> okay. But uh, so we've got that clip for you coming up in a moment as, you know, uh, the, the the rules of civility and decorum continue to drop away in American society. Mm-hmm. Almost, I've noticed that, you jackass. I was about to say for better or worse. It's clearly for worse. <laughs> Who thinks it's for better? But um, I don't think it's doing us any good. Although I will argue, and I think... Uh, some of our, our, our friends may join me in this. Some of the civility... My colleague, uh, the gentleman from Alabama, is uh, overlooking the fact that uh, some of that civility was hiding the fact that the swamp was doing the swamp's work. Yeah, maybe. We can talk more about that. But, we'll play the but clip just a up. little bit of it. <laughs> so this is a headline. Uh, it's Thursday, so that's when they released the uh, numbers of how many people... Made unemployment claims. Hey, I'm out of work. I need some money. And it uh, new new claims, new claims. Yes, new claims added to what we've already got out there. And it 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 went up a little bit for the first time uh, (laughs) since this freaking mess started. Once again, as always, for context, it was back in 1982 when we set the previous record for how many people would file for these uh, unemployment uh, benefits. And that was 600-some thousand back in 1982. And that was the, mm-hmm. oh, my God, it's come off the rails number. Well, uh, since then, we haven't been below a million uh, since March when this all hit. 
We've had 18 straight weeks over a million, but it was going down, 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 going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we've ticked back up, and the Wall Street Journal at least uh, believes and makes what sense What is it, 1.4? Is that the number yeah, that was sorry. announced? Yeah, 1.4, yeah. but... Um, the Wall Street Journal believes it's because we started, uh, you know, the, the cases have gone up and we've started closing stuff back down again all across the country. Right. But it's not surprising to me. Places that were open that I go to aren't open anymore. So those people are back out of work or more people are out of work or places, mm-hmm. you know, decided I can't do it anymore. I got to just close shop. Right. That's happening a lot all over the country. It sucks, man. It is. It is just a sucky, sucky situation. No doubt. I wonder if that has to do with the president yesterday saying, or day before yesterday, saying it's going to get worse before it gets better. You know, what are, what are the internal numbers uh, telling him? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to decorum. So, uh, longtime listeners of the Armstrong and Getty Show know that we used to wonder, if you catch your colleague across the aisle lying, why don't you just say that's a lie? Mm-hmm. And I always thought it'd be a good idea to just say, you're a liar. (laughs) And I was wrong. I was wrong. The reason I was wrong is once you start calling each other liars, pretty soon you just, that's all you do is call each other liars and nobody gets anything out of it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's the problem with the rules. Maybe it seemed too civil and uh, like uh, Victorian England for a while, but apparently you go from that to you're a liar. No, you're a liar. Very quickly. You're stupid. No, you're stupid. Right, And then what's conversation at that point? Well, and once somebody calls you a liar, somebody that people tend to listen to, the rest of the conversation is just about whether I'm a liar or not. Because I'll make another assertion, which as a liar, nobody would believe. Or the guy will just call me a liar again. And and what have you done? What have you? What has anybody learned? Now, uh, similar to having two kids who got in a fight and figuring out what happened, as I do on a regular basis, it's impossible. Um, the whole, you know, well, that's the other side did this. Oh, yeah, well, you did this. I don't, I don't know how far you want to trace it back on this. <laughs> the rules falling away. Um, you end uh, up back when uh, Columbus sailed from Spain. Anyway, it's certainly been uh, in recent years it's been going this direction. Anyway, here's Joe Biden calling the sitting president of the United States a racist. No sitting president has ever done this. Never, never, never. No Republican president has done this. No Democratic president. We have racists, and they've existed. They've tried to get elected president. He's the first one that has. There you go. All right, fine. A racist got elected president. Everybody's a racist. Everything's racist all the time. This is new ground. Uh, In in the past, if you even, you wouldn't probably even dance this close to it, but you might say some people believe the president's a racist. I'll let you decide for yourself. Here's a couple of things he's done. You wouldn't call him a racist. Right. Um, Well, uh, listen. Even that would have been way beyond anything anybody's ever done in a presidential election, you know, 10 years ago. Even what I just said would have been way beyond. I mean, that would have been explosive to do something like that 10 years ago. Some of my conservative brethren are a little more willing than I am to tar modern Democrats with the past of that party. Although I do find it interesting that progressives engage in presentism all the time and or uh, there uh, there is an article I saw on the unreadable CNN website as unreadable as the TV is unwatchable, the CNN channel, um, where they were talking about surprising uh, businesses and things that have their root in slavery. 
And it was various modern companies that are an offshoot or, you know, well, essentially an offshoot of some company that was started in 1840. You know, it changed names three times, but you can draw the line. It became, you know, uh, I want to make something up. Uh, Joe's Insurance Company, which is now a giant insurance company. And so they're trying to suggest that, well, this is, this uh, this business really built itself on slavery, and, and perhaps these people owe reparations or something, modern businesses. And having heard enough of that, all right, I'm going to go there. First of all, Joe Biden, there have been a lot of racist presidents, certainly by modern standards. Some of them, by their own time standards, particularly Woodrow Wilson. Well, the Princeton, the university he was president of, he was president of that university, and they've taken his name off the law department, uh, 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 international studies department. Isn't that what it was? Oh, yes, I I think so, yeah. Woodrow Wilson Department for something or other. The center and all. He was a huge part of that campus, but um, yes, there have been virulently racist presidents, and they've almost all been Democrats, all right? So, speaking of saying what used to be unspeakable, number one, I don't know who's a racist, but you're a liar. There you go. Now we're down there in the mud, punching each other in the gonads. That's no way to be. But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. <laughs> you're 80. Shut up. From his standpoint, if I mean, if I was, uh, if I was advising him, do you try to stay above the fray and operate by the rules we used to operate by, or do you recognize times have changed and this is the language of the day? This is the coin of the realm. I'll bet he spent a lot of time thinking about that because you could argue being reasonable and calm and reassuring and not a modern troll uh, is a good look during these troubled times and might be appealing to voters. On the other hand, it's tough to break through. It's tough to get people's attention. Oh, right. Hillary Clinton, you know, she's a horrible person and everybody hates her, but... Um, she tried to play by the old standards when she was, you know, dealing with Trump. And when he said you ought to be in jail, she just thought, well, the American people won't stand for someone saying something like that on a debate stage. The American people laughed hardy. <laughs> Whereas she probably should have said, well, you've got Vladimir Putin's phone number in your pocket. And the crowd cheers. That that would have probably been a better move. <laughs> Even though it's not true, I mean, I don't, right. I don't believe any of that crap. But although, from her standpoint, yes, yes. Although it wouldn't have worked because Hillary Clinton couldn't act authentically wet in a swimming pool. No, my only point is, I just, I think that is winning the day. That that sort of. Well, you certainly have to have that arrow in your quiver <laughs> to use at certain times. Modern trollery, people dig it. Even if they say they don't like it, they kind of like it. <laughs> Well, oh, once man. the name calling is done, though, on the debate, what if the debate, like in the first five minutes, you're a liar? No, you're a liar. You're a racist. You're a racist liar. And then they're just standing there looking at each other. What? Pretty soon you're whizzing on each other's shoes. I guess. I don't know where it goes. I pay a dollar to see that. <laughs> a couple old men whizzing on each other's shoes. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> it makes a difference. I don't know where it's going to go. I just, you know, I've been on this uh, blue marble long enough to realize that. Um, some things that seem to be going in a straight line end up uh, being a pendulum. I hope yeah, I, the, the idiotic level of political discourse is one of those things, although I will tell you this, and it sounds elitist, it sounds horrible, but this country was not designed to be a democracy. It was designed to be a republic. The more, the more critical the decisions, the fewer people are involved. House of Representatives ought to be the voice of the people. And that's great. That's super. Senate is the saucer that, that cools the milk. It is the 
Uh, it, the, the senators were elected by the Congress people in the past, and on upward to the president, who's one person in the buck stops there. The mob is terrible at governing, meaning the people as a whole. This is in, this is not a popular thing to say these days. You don't want the passions of the mob deciding the direction of the country. Because the mob, maybe you've noticed this, turns on a dime. And two years from now, what was absolutely certain, you know, two years ago is anathema. Nobody would say it out loud. Just that's the way mobs are. So the whole every Human being who can fog a mirror ought to be dragged to the polls or a ballot mailed to them or bust or just get every single human to the polls, whether they have any interest or not, whether they have any knowledge or not. That is going to lead to lowest common denominator political uh, communication. It has to. I know you say a lot. You hope it's a pendulum. I hope you're right. I really hope you're right. But I doubt it. (laughs) When it comes to like... Um, I hope a lot of things, but I don't believe them to be uh, likely. I don't know what the right word is. Uh, Culture, relationships or whatever. I'm thinking like businesses, marriages. That's not a pendulum. You have a standard and then it decays and then it's over. Yeah. You don't have a pendulum usually, I don't think, in marriages. Where Unless it's like you get a great counselor. Goes from get along to you're calling each other, you know, vile names. It swings back to, no, nah, it's just over. It's ruined. Mm. Uh, and, and I've worked at, 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 at businesses before that were just going down. And it got worse and worse and decay. It wasn't a pendulum. It was just off the rails. Yeah. And it was going to crash. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I would argue that politics comes and goes, but yeah, I hope you're right. I doubt I am. <laughs> <laughs> you're a racist. Well, that's new ground. Yeah. So we're about a hundred days out from the presidential election, and one candidate has called the other, and one of the two major parties uh, just declared him a racist. You know what? I just heard the next step in my head. You're a racist. F you. F you. Wow. Right there on the debate stage. (laughs) You're a piece of ass. It's just on and on like that. Be like that. And then urinating on each other, as you suggested. Didn't we have a video of that a while back? There's a a parking dispute or something, and one guy's saying F you, and the other guy's saying F you, and it just keeps going. Or the one guy's flipping the other guy off, and he's flipping him off. Both barrels, and then F you. (laughs) And they're on the other side of the streets walking down. They're still flipping each other off. Yeah, Yeah, that's what the debate stage is going to be like. They'll just be pointing at each other at their middle finger. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, excuse the uh, frank talk, folks, but it's it's feeling more and more like baboons showing their red butts to each other. I mean, it's down to that level. I hope that's not where we're going. Uh, um, well, on a more uh, elevating note, actually, it's not. You know what? I, I have that poll from Cato cool. about how people are afraid to just say what they think because everybody's so vicious these days. That's interesting. I'm thinking maybe at the beginning of next hour. Okay. Little change of pace. Next segment. Somebody harassed, he might be the president of American Common Sense, our friend Mike Rowe. Somebody harassed him for going back to work and filming his show during the pandemic. Why? His response was, as usual, eloquent, commonsensical, and encouraging. Cool. All that's on the way. Show. 
Today was National Hammock Day, so if you saw someone in a hammock today, they were probably still stuck there since last hammock day. Those things are death traps. Wow. Taking a nap. Um, Anti-hammock rhetoric. Got another uh, man from history in the United States. Your kids may have done a paper about them in fourth grade. That sort of thing. Whose statue needs to come down. Revered. (laughs) Revered until last week. (laughs) Until yesterday. So more on that coming up. And also I got to talk about uh, uh, grass fire starting on my property last night. Fire trucks. Awfulness. It was just, it was crazy. Some people have uh, disproportionately extracted from the gene pool. Handsome, smart, talented, micro. Hate him. Can't stand him for those reasons. I actually like Mike very much, but... And he sang in a choir, right? He was not, he's an opera singer. Sang in a choir? He was an opera singer. You're right. Yeah. That, yeah. What, what are you thinking, God? Spread it out a little. Yeah, no kidding. Anyway, uh, he was hammered on Facebook the other day by some woman named Darlene who said, in recent posts you said you've been to Tennessee and Georgia giving speeches, filming for your new show. Before that, you're on the road for dirty jobs. Is it really so important to film a television show in the midst of a pandemic? Is it responsible of you to encourage this kind of behavior when infection rates are spiking? Man, I've come to hate that word, spiking. Don't you watch the news more and more cases every day? Aren't you concerned? In his usual calm, eloquent, and insightful style, Mr. Rowe said, of course I'm concerned. I'm just not petrified. Then he linked back to an interview with Dr. Michael Osterholm. Dr. Osterholm is the director of infectious disease research and policy. This is the same epidemiologist who 10 years ago predicted coronavirus would come from China and turn our country upside down. In his book, Deadliest Enemies, he described the utterly irresponsible way in which the media would report on the situation, the completely opportunistic and shameless political uh, way our leaders would likely react, and the unprecedented chaos and confusion that would arise from all the mixed messages from the medical community. Rowe continued while he noted that Osterholm is, quote, the only expert I know of who hasn't walked back his numbers, reconsidered his position, or moved the goalposts with regard to what we must do, what we can do, and what he expects to happen next. I say all of this because Dr. Osterholm also predicted that we could easily see 100 million COVID cases in this country with a very strong possibility of 480,000 fatalities, even if we successfully flatten the curve. Mike explained then by late April he had accepted the 480,000 fatalities prediction and quickly navigated the four stages of grief that usually precede acceptance, denial, anger, bargaining, and depression. Since then, I've had three full months to come to terms with the fact that, A, I am probably going to get COVID-19 at some point, B, I am almost certainly going to survive it, and C, I might very well give it to someone else, the TV host shared. I'm also very concerned for my parents and everyone else in a high-risk category. But when Dr. Osterholm says that COVID can be slowed but not stopped, I believe him. When he says a vaccine will not necessarily hasten herd immunity, I believe him. And when he says that flattening the curve and eliminating the virus have nothing to do with each other, I believe him. He concluded his post by explaining the steps he's taken. I get tested often. If I can't distance, I wear a mask, especially around higher-risk people. Anyway, Darlene, that's a long way of saying that I have accepted Dr. Osterholm's numbers, and now after three months of acceptance, I've made a decision on how I wish to live my life. Sooner or later, you will too. We all will. I think that has gotten lost from the beginning of this thing, is that flattening the curve had nothing to do with fewer total numbers at the end of it. Right. In fact, people were willing to say out loud, there's no stopping this. Now, I think a lot of politicians, partly because they feel like their high knees are on the line, have come up with the fanciful notion 
that we can stop the spread. They might be right. Uh, you know, I only express certainty when I'm certain, unlike a lot of talk show hosts. I'm not certain about this, but I have a very strong feeling that it's just got to work its way through the population till we reach that tipping point where enough people have resistance slash immunity um, that it can't spread anymore. There's certainly multiple advantages to slowing it down. The first, the original cause, as we all know, was to not overwhelm the hospitals. Sure. You know, the the idea that people are going to be dying in the hallways because they just didn't have any place to put them, couldn't even look at them. Nightmare scenario. Yeah. But it also gives you more time to try to come up with a vaccine or therapies. Yeah. Right. That's absolutely true. And everybody and micro made this point. He's he's in favor of not getting it or not getting it now or slowing it or whatever. He's in favor of not getting it. I am, too. Uh, But he's come to terms with the fact that it's quite likely that he will eventually. Um. But he he is concerned and not petrified, and that is that's long been our gripe here at the Armstrong and Getty Show. Is that since it's impossible to eliminate it by keeping everybody at home and just hope it goes away, because it will continue to be around. We we have to we can't have both feet jammed on the brake pedal, or we will do ourselves disastrous harm, not only economically but health health wise, because health is tied to the economy. And and we've become obsessed with a single side of the equation. We've certainly got to get better at this whole testing thing. I uh, really thought we would be there a long time ago. Yeah, I'm told, uh, I got an email from listeners that uh, the nursing homes they're familiar with have uh, lots and lots of tests, and they test all the time, everybody all the time. I hope that's something near universal. That would be a good step. We have to protect our oldsters, obviously. Everybody agrees on that. Uh, I got an interesting text about that. I also need to talk about a fire at my house yesterday. I thought I was going to burn the place down. Armstrong and Getty.